athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. This indeed is Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. I am your host, Donald Ware. You know, I'm always excited to come to you a little bit after 7 in the East, 6 p.m. for my Central Time folks, and 4 p.m. out West. I'm always excited to come to you. Uh, Listen, you know, we've been here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM for... Uh, a little more than a year now. We're bringing you that HBCU sports talk. We're bringing you that college sports talk and, uh, you know, and interviews, right? So, as a matter of fact, we got a couple of guests that are going to join us today here on the program. So, I'm always excited to be with you each and every week. Let me set the table for you today here on the program. Langston. The Langston Lions, the only undefeated team in HBCU football. Langston 6-0 on the season. Quentin Morgan is the head coach of the Langston Lions, and he's going to join us today on the program. Langston, ever since Quentin Morgan has taken over that job, he took over about midway through the 2015 season, and Langston has gone to the NAIA playoffs. A couple of times, uh, had a a regular undefeated season eh, a couple of years ago. And so playing some good football right now, but got a tough opponent this weekend. So we're going to talk again with Langston head football coach, Quentin Morgan. Also joining us today on the program, Prairie View A&M head football coach, Eric Dooley, going to join us on the program. If you look at the HBCU coaches and media polls, Prairie View A&M is ranked number two. Had been behind A&T. A&T, of course, with the loss last weekend, 14 to nothing at Kennesaw State. And so Prairie View A&M now number two in both the box to row or the HBCU coaches and media polls. And you can check out uh, those polls on our website at boxtorow.com. Prairie View A&M's got a big game. On Saturday at Southern, that's a big game because Southern is still in the race, as a matter of fact. And and, and you look at that SWAC Western Division, Alcorn State also undefeated. A Prairie View A&M win over Southern all but puts Southern out of the race, right? But a Southern win, now Southern, remember, Southern still has Alcorn State remaining to play. So Southern, in essence, controls its destiny on both ways, a loss 
pretty much out. A win. Still continue to win. And the Jaguars could be Western Division champs. Prairie View A&M obviously is in the same boat, but certainly a win continues to propel the Panthers ultimately to that collision course with Alcorn State. A loss hurts, but not as much as a loss by Southern in this football game. So again, Eric Dooley, the head football coach at Prairie View A&M, going to join us on the program. Uh, some some games we're going to take a look at today uh, and just uh, really some of the other matchups. If you look at Delaware State, South Carolina State, MEAC football, it's homecoming in Dover, Delaware, right? But the game that I am really looking at, there's a game that I'm really looking at. And by the way, as I look at this schedule, Arkansas Pine Bluff's got a tough game. I mean, you know, you're Arkansas Pine Bluff. You're struggling, right? Then, uh, you know, midway, maybe a little more than midway through the season, you've got to go and play at Arkansas. Like, that's just tough, right? But the game, you know, you can look at Bowie State and Virginia Union, right? Like a pivotal game really for both. Virginia Union had gotten off to the slow start. And now, uh, all of a sudden, right back in the race in the Northern Division um, with an opportunity to take down Bowie State, who just got by Virginia State on last week. So, I mean, those are some games we can look at. But the game I've got my eye on, and the game we're going to preview today is Albany State and Savannah State, control of the SIAC's Eastern Division. Right now, the Eastern Division isn't great outside of Albany State and Savannah State, right? Like Benedict, Fort Valley State showed some promise early in the season. Both have uh, uh, have have uh, have are not are not showing the promise now that they both showed early in the season and both uh, may have uh, had some losses uh, to both Albany State and Savannah State along the way. So, in essence, the winner of this football game not only controls the Eastern Division of the SIAC, right, but I think, I mean, in my opinion, more than likely is the team that's going to win the SIAC championship. You look on the other side, I mean, and anything can happen. Like, I'm not going to disrespect. I'm not going to sit there and disrespect Miles, even though, I mean, Miles, you know, is not playing as well as Miles obviously would like to play right now. No question about that as uh, the two-time defending SIAC champs. So, but anything can happen on that side. You know, Tuskegee's not strong. Like, anything can still happen on that Western Division side. But you're talking about an Albany State football team that's playing outstanding. You're talking about a Savannah State football team that is playing outstanding. Neither one of the those teams have lost in the SIAC, right? And I really look for both of those teams to be in the Division II playoffs at the end of the season. No matter who loses this game, Win the rest of your games. I look for both of these teams uh, to be in the SIAC or the uh, NCAA Division II playoffs this season. So we're going to talk about that game today here 
on the program. The Box to Row National Player of the Week, speaking of Southern, and Kobe Dillon is a freshman, okay? Carried the ball 14 times for 267 yards and three touchdowns as the Jaguars defeated Arkansas Pine Bluff last week, 34-7, to okay? In not only did he rush for the 267 yards, he broke the Southern record of most rushing yards in a game held by the great Leonard Tillery. I mean, Leonard Tillery was a great football player, played at the same time. You're talking about Leonard Tillery, right? You know, 2015, 16, 17, played around the same. You know, he he was he was underrated, if you will, to a degree, particularly in that 2016 season, even though he was really doing some great things because of what Tariq Cohen was doing, of course, now with the Bears, for North Carolina A&T at the time. So Leonard Tillery sort of didn't get his shine, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he's the all-time leading rusher in SWAC history, I, I believe. I could be wrong about that. Leonard Tillery was a great back, had 245 yards rushing uh, against Prairie View A&M on November the 12th, 2016. And here comes Mr. Kobe Dillon, the Box to Row National Player of the Week for Southern with 267 yards rushing against Arkansas Pine Bluff. So the table is set for you today here on Box to Row, on ESPNU Radio, on Sirius XM. Join in on the conversation. Hit us up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, still to come looking at some of the matchups for Week 8 in HBCU football. But up next, we're going to be joined by Langston, head football coach Quentin Morgan. On the way, it's more of From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Right, 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 right here. Right here on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, Log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. Did you know that Miracle Food is used to remove incurable diseases from the body, such as cancer, herpes, diabetes, high blood pressure, HIV, and more? It is also a natural, safe way to treat disorders such as anxiety, depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, ADHD, autism, dementia, Alzheimer's, skin, hair, eye disorders, even paralysis. Miracle Food is taking over the medical industry by storm. ChakraDoctor.org. 818-429-1675. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Donald Ware. Donald Ware. Donald Ware. The Langston Lions are 6-0 on the season. The only undefeated team in all 
of HBCU football and in his seventh season as the head football coach of Langston is Quentin Morgan. As Langston, again, as mentioned, 6-0 on the season and going to have a game on Saturday on the road at Ottawa University of Arizona as Coach Morgan joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Morgan, welcome back to the program. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. And you've put up – you've had a really, really good season to start it out 6-0. Uh, and 0. Just your – but be, even before that, let me talk about the win over Texas Wesleyan, 42-31. to 31, Your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts, it was a, a very uh, sloppy game for us. We didn't play our best ball. But I did get the opportunity to watch my uh, my young team grow. You know, uh, we we actually faced a, a little adversity. The Texas Western team was a very good team, and we faced some adversity. And that's been something that I have been preaching the, the two weeks prior to that to the game against Texas Western about you know, hey, our adversity is going to come, and when it comes, you know, uh, our character has to sustain through the storm. And that's what I was looking for. And when we went down by ten points early in that game. You know, I watched the guys pull together and uh, their character, all the hard work that I've been prepping them and, and preparing them for their character basically outlasted the storm. And that's why we ended up being successful. But it was one of our most sloppiest games, to be totally honest with you. 6-0 on the season. Your thoughts in terms of, you know, even though that game was sloppy, how has the season gone to this point? It's been going great. I feel like we've, we've getting better uh, each and every week. But I'm, I'm I'm one of those coaches that I'm, I'm always looking for flaws, finding the ways to get better. So, in, you know, in every in every big win, or it may look like we had like a landslide win or something like that, I'm on them as if the game was close. You know, uh, that, that's the thing. I can't let this group get content because it's it's so uh, youthful. I mean, it's a young team. I'm I'm pretty much stocked with majority freshmen and sophomores. So I don't want them to get content, and I want them to feel you know to know that we got to get better and better each and every week. You know, we have not arrived yet. I don't feel like we have arrived yet because we have yet to play uh, a full four quarters. And uh, and so that's what I'm looking for. And I'm looking for us to continue to, to to stay disciplined, you know, continue to drop that penalty margin down. You've got to feel great about this defense. I mean, if you look at in six games, your defense has given up a total of 50 points. So that's less than 10 points a game. Plus, you have two shutouts on the season. Yeah, actually, it's three shutouts, to be totally honest with you. The um, the six points that came against, I want to say it was Texas College, was a, a fumble by uh, the quarterback, and he uh, scooped and scored. So it was actually like three shutouts, to be totally honest with you. I'm very proud of this defense, uh, to, and, and to answer your question, uh, they're a good group. Uh, they're, they're led by uh, two great young men, uh, actually about three, three young men, uh, Devin DeRusso, Lauren Young is on my defensive line. And then my back end, I have uh, Malcolm Johnson and Dorian Williams, who's my re- returning uh, starting safeties. Uh, great group of kids. I, uh, it's been nothing but a pleasure to be around them. Um, they, they, they work hard each and every day. Um, our biggest thing with my, de- with my defense is basically uh, pursuing to the ball. And uh, we got we, our guys have been doing a great job of doing that, pursuing to the ball and creating turnovers and um, – just basically uh, just putting our backs up against the wall and just coming out, you know, swinging. Quentin Morgan in his seventh season as the head football coach at Langston joins us here on Box to Row. The Lions, the only undefeated team in HBCU 
football. How tough? And, and you've you've been in uh, this Sooner Athletic Conference maybe three or four years or so. Uh, how tough is the Sooner Athletic Conference? It's pretty tough to be totally honest with you. Uh, you know what we do is not easy, uh, especially being Langston University. Um, and the reason why I say that is because we're going to get everybody's best game. Being the dominant team in the in the conference the last couple of years, so you know every game is a championship game basically for us. So it's definitely going to be tough. Uh, it's, well, it's tough every year to be totally honest with you. And uh, we have some good teams in the, in the conference. So you know, and and when you got good competitive teams, you know you get some good football. Larry Harrington, your or the quarterback, uh, at least or one of your quarterbacks, I should say, was named the Sooner Athletic Conference Player of the Week. Went 12 of 19, 312 yards, five touchdowns. He also had 56 yards in terms of of rushing. And I saw that name, and then I looked at at his bio and saw he was from Raleigh. And instantly, what came to my mind is that's the kid that Norfolk State signed a couple of years ago. Uh, in their recruiting mm-hmm. class. And he was, I mean, he had some numbers, but did some really good things at his high school in Raleigh. So speak not only to his play in this football game, but ultimately how you got him at Langston. Ultimately how I got him at Langston. <laughs> well, I got a phone call uh, about him, and uh, me and my um, assistant head coach, we followed up on him. And um, we were able to get the opportunity to meet him during a visit while his brother, uh, Justin, was coming down. And Justin had a, a visit as well, and um, they were in the state of Oklahoma, and we were able to, to basically touch bases with him and the family, with, with, with those young men and their families. And in that process, uh, Larry pretty much, he, 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 he felt comfortable with me as a head coach and, and, and what we were offering to him, and uh, – he wanted to come, and, and that's basically it. So to be totally honest with you, the kid, uh, he's a great kid, man. Uh, he's hes very even-headed, very disciplined. He's a pleasure to be around, a pleasure to coach, to be totally honest with you. He always has a smile on his face, you know, and, and he does a great job of, of being a, a field general out there for us. And I'm just proud of him and, and happy of the success that he's been getting. And um, to be totally honest with you, the sky's the limit. We still haven't scratched the surface of his best ball play yet. We feel like that he's still knocking off a little bit of rust himself. And once the rust is completely knocked off, you're going to see him excel even more so. But, yeah, the process, the recruiting process, to go back to the recruiting process, it, was a very, uh, it wasn't a very difficult process. I, th- I think that he felt like everything that I was offering was genuine. You know, um, it, it's – it's more than football here with us, all right? And he felt that, and he understood that, and that's why he wanted this to be his home where he finished out at. And Raekwon Washington, what's his deal right now? Uh, he's ready to go. Uh, I mean, we know that it's going to take uh, more than just Larry to get this job done that we're trying to do, okay? And uh, Raekwon is, is ready to go. We're going to use him in different ways so we can put the ball in his hands because he's very dynamic with the ball in his hands. So uh, he's still engaged, you know, and that's and that's most important. There's no selfishness, and that's what I love about this team. And and so, you know, if there's no selfishness, we can always continue to build. You know, we don't need any any negative distractions right now. I mean, we've been in this position before, back in 2017, and right now, you know, is not the time to be, you know, a, a selfish teammate or you know, selfish coaching. You know. Uh, it's a time to you know to put it all together and be as close as a family as possible because we're still going to face a lot of adversity in these next 
four games. You know, it's going to be tough. And so the closer we stick together, the more successful we'll be. So just to be clear, Larry Harrington is your starting quarterback now. Yes, Harrington is my Harrington came in the season as the starting quarterback. He went down. He went down in the Oklahoma Panhandle game, and Washington does what he does what he does best. He picked he picked us up and had us going as an offense. And if it wasn't for Washington, we would not be where we at right now. So that's why they both are so important to this program. And you know we we keep them both engaged because Washington carried the torch to get us over the hump until we was able to get Larry Harrington back. And now we got Harrington back. We're just in a great situation with two intelligent dual-threat quarterbacks. Understood. Of course, Quentin Morgan, the head football coach at Langston, joins us here on the program. What do you have? What, what do you have in the opponent that you're facing on the road this Saturday in Ottawa University, Arizona? I have. We have a, a, a well-balanced opponent. They're going to be uh, good on offense, good on defense, and great on special teams. So we have to play basically very disciplined ball. Can't let the refs get involved. Can't give away momentum calls. Um, but most importantly, if we just come and play our, our style of ball, physical, fast, start, start fast and finish strong, we should be fine. But the opponent that we're facing is going to be a very, very good opponent. They already ranked like ninth in the nation in NAIA football. So we're looking forward to it, and we're, we're, we're excited about it. We felt like they, they, got away, they got away from us in the spring with a four-point win, and we know that we wasn't our best team then. We feel like we're a much better team now than what we were in the spring. So we're, we're, we're excited about this opportunity to kind of like, you know, right some wrongs that we ran across in the spring. Certainly in the spring, and I, I know you've made the NAIA playoffs a couple of times. Or do you feel like, uh, and you mentioned Ottawa, and thank you for letting us know that it's a nationally ranked team. You're nationally ranked. Um, do you, you know, do you feel like this is a team? And I, I know you're taking it one game at a week at a time. I get it, week by week. I, I get all of that. But is this one of your better teams? Do you feel like this is a team where you can get over the hump uh, when the NAIA playoffs come around if you are in fact in the playoffs i mean to be honest with you uh, yes uh every day that we we step out there we feel like we can win so that that's in my mindset that if we do get inside the playoffs yes i feel like that we can win that's there's no doubt in my mind about that um but it's going to take some hard work you know and that and that's what it's all about and and that's the beauty of it you know uh we want to see it all pay off at the end and so we, we, that's what we're looking for. That's the goal that if we get to the national playoffs to be able to try to get over that hump. And I, I do think this team has the the athletic talent to get it done. And like I said, but the scary thing about this team is, brother, where it is that they're so young, you know. So if it, if it gets done this year, you know, it, it's going to be very, very, very uh, difficult to get the taste out their mouth come next year. Langston, again, 6-0 on the season, the only undefeated team and all of HBCU football's got a tilt on Saturday against nationally ranked Ottawa University, Arizona. In his seventh season as the head football coach of the Langston Lions is Quentin Morgan. Joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Morgan, we appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Lions. Oh, thank you and God bless. Quentin Morgan and the Lions going to have their hands full this Saturday going out west, way out west, because, of course, Langston is in Oklahoma going 
to Arizona. It's a late game. I think it's a 9 o'clock local time start. Uh, but the Lions are going to be equal to the task. Up next here on Box to Row, so let's do this. We're going to step aside. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get you to what we call a Box to Row Blitz. It's a recap from some of the games from last week. And then on the other side, we're going to be joined by Prairie View A&M head football coach Eric Dooley. And still to come on the program, a look at some of the games for week eight in HBCU football. BoxToRow.com is your source for conversations with and content on some of the biggest names in sports, HBCU sports, and entertainment. BoxToRow.com. This is your weekly edition of the Box to Row Blitz. I'm Donald Ware. We've got big games to get to, so let's roll. First, I'm going to take you to Huntsville, Alabama, for the matchup between Alabama A&M and Florida A&M, as Alabama A&M already leading 21-10 with about eight and a half remaining in the third quarter and possession. Give it to Cross. Go to the left side. It's a 15-10, five calls in the end zone. Touchdown, Bulldogs. Gary Quarles from 21 yards out, and the Bulldogs led 28-10. Back-to-back touchdowns by Florida A&M pulled the Rattlers to within 28-23. And with about six minutes remaining, Alabama A&M would add on a 38-yard Corey Spencer field goal to take a 31-23 lead. On its next possession, Pam, you would go to work. McKay play-action pass looking down the sideline. He's got a receiver. Touchdown, Bam U. McKay to Sheard for 33 yards, and the Rattlers pulled to within 31 to 29. Then, with about two and a half remaining, and the Rattlers with possession back all the way up to their 20-yard line. They'll hand it off on the right side. Oh, my goodness, he's got a lane. 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, touchdown. Bishop Bonnet. 80 yards, and the Rattlers had gained the 35-31 to 31 lead. But the Bulldogs had one more opportunity, and... Glass back to pass, looked over the middle, and is intercepted at the 35-yard line. Ted Dixie on WJAB. The Rattlers held on to defeat Alabama A&M 35-31. Now, let me take you to Bowie, Maryland, for a CIAA Northern Showdown between Bowie State and and Virginia State. We're going to pick things up in the third quarter as the Bowie State Bulldogs had the 35-17 lead and kicking the ball off. Homer Hodzik, high end over kick, but this one's returnable. It'll be Jackson from the five, up the middle 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45 midfield, 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Virginia State! 93 yards, and the Trojans pulled to within 35 to 23. Then on the ensuing extra point attempt. Snap plays down. Oh, the kick's blocked, and that's a free ball, and the Bulldogs have it. It's a 30, 40, 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5, two-point defensive conversion for Tevin Singleton. And it's 37-23. Now, let me take you all the way to the fourth quarter 
as Bowie State now clung to a 44-37 lead with about nine and a half remaining, and Virginia State with the football. Caldwell back to throw. Lobs it back at the end zone for Phillips. Wow. Diving catch. Wow. Did he get down? Yes. Touchdown, Virginia State. The extra point was true, and we were tied at 44 apiece. But the Bowie State Bulldogs weren't done. Johnson back to throw on third and six. He steps up. He sails it in the end zone. He had a man wide open, and it's caught. Touchdown, Bowie State. Darius Bowman just got a foot down. That was my man John Emmett on WVST. 51-44 was the final score as the Bulldogs held on. Now, let's go to Nashville, Tennessee, where the Tennessee State Tigers were hosting Texas Tech. The Tigers looking for their first OVC win, trailing 6-3 early in the fourth quarter, and the Tigers with possession of the football. Back in the shotgun, rolling right with it this time, then he throws it back to Ramana on the left side, trying to get to the corner, stiff arms his way, and he's racing down the sideline, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the end zone, touchdown, T-S-U, 56 yards. And Tennessee State had the lead. Now I'm gonna take you into overtime, Tied at 13 apiece, and the Tigers having first possession. Hick bottom. They throw it out there to Johnson. He's got some blockers in front of him. Turning to get to the edge. Does he get to the end zone? Touchdown! The extra point was good, and the Tigers led 20 to 13. Then it was Tennessee Tech's turn. Miller back to pass. Looking. Pressure. Rolls out right. Still looking. Throws it late across the middle, and it is intercepted! Game over! Intercepted that time. Say hello, Corey Rahman. Tigers win it. That was my man Greg Pogue on the Big Blue Sports Network. Tennessee State won it in overtime over Tennessee Tech, 20-13. to From the press box to press row, the radio show airs weekly on radio stations across the country, as well as on Sirius XM. To listen to the show or for more information, log on to box to row the Prairie View a and Panthers ranked number two in the HBCU coaches and media polls. Going to be on the road, hostile environment on Saturday at Southern. Eric Dooley is in his fourth season as the head football coach of the Panthers, who are 5-1 on the season as he joins us right now on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. How are you, Coach Dooley? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing great. Uh, doing really, really good. Uh, exciting game for you, obviously, uh, on Saturday against Southern, uh, or tomorrow, I should say, against Southern. We're going to talk more about that. Your thoughts, I want to start here. Uh, good win over Bethune-Cookman last week. Again, on the road, 35-29. to Your thoughts uh, on your team's victory? Uh, that was a tough win. I know it was a good win, but it was a tough win. Uh, we knew we were going to play a uh, a good football team. I wasn't worried about the records. I know that uh, – I know Coach Sim, uh, Terry Sim's pretty good, and I know he's going to have his team prepared to play. So uh, I do commit my football team to go down there and, have, and pull out a, 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 another victory, which was a tough one for us. Speak to having – Bethune-Cookman starts out slow and it was no, you know, no different against you. And you ultimately – I mean, I guess in a lot of respects held on. They made a furious run. You held on. Uh, to win that game, but 
you know, sort of sort of speak to that and the resiliency, because at the end of the day, um, that was a, a big road victory for your football team. Absolutely. Uh, went down there, uh, travel, had to travel some, uh, had to make an adjustment. You know that uh, an hour behind those guys. So we had to make an adjustment. We were coming in with the uh, central time. They were Eastern time. So, but I, I do commend my football team. We, we, we fought hard. We played for 60 minutes and uh, it was a tough victory uh, to pull out, but I, I commend his guys. They played for 60 minutes. Both teams played for 60 minutes. Uh, fortunately, we, we pull out the yeah, you know, the thing about it, you look at your running game this season. You're almost averaging about 200 yards rushing uh, per game, but they were able to stymie you. The Wildcats may be able to stymie you just a bit there, 132 yards rushing. But, boy, you've got Jawan pass, 16-23, 290 yards passing, three touchdowns and no interceptions in the ball game. Yeah, I, I, you know, we kind of like – play by on air. Uh, if, if we're doing well in, in the pass game, we're going to continue to throw it. If we're doing well in the running game, we're going to continue to run it. Uh, we want to be a balanced attack, but uh, no, got out to a good start with throwing the football. Uh, didn't have to, uh, I, I think I would say within the third and fourth quarter, we were able to rush the football the way we wanted to, to, to close the game out, but uh, whatever it takes to win the game, that's what we want to do. Eric Dooley in his fourth season as the head football coach at Prairie View A&M joins us here on Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Can you talk a little bit, Coach Dooley, about how the offensive line has played so far this year? I mean, you, you, I mentioned the rushing yards per game, but also when I look at it, I mean, opponents have only gotten six sacks against you so far this season. Yeah, I, I do apologize. I'm actually on the road right now traveling to Baton Rouge. The O-line has been playing extremely well. Uh, you know, we had to make sure we settled down. We had a couple of uh, young guys to come in, but we had, we had a stable of older guys. So uh, I'm very pleased with them. But I, I think it's a, we, we can go a little bit – we can get a little bit better. I do understand that. Pass. Talk up, speak to, uh, you know, how he's playing uh, this year. I mean, you look at his numbers, 11 touchdowns to five interceptions. He's completing more than 62% of his passes for you so far this season. Absolutely. He's doing a, a great job for us. But, you know, uh, uh, he came in uh, with a lot of experience, so that always helped. But I don't want to uh, move too fast from our offensive line. I thought they'd been playing well, uh, not giving up a lot of sacks, not giving up and been running the football. I'll, you know, when you have a, a great rushing attack, you got to give the, the credit to the whole line because they're not going to get in the newspaper. They're not going to be at, at the headlights of, uh, of, of the stats because of, it's five offensive linemen, but we've been playing about seven to eight offensive linemen. But I'm extremely uh, pleased with those guys. But I, I will say this here, Jawan Pass has been doing a great job for us. He's been managing the game. Uh, you know, he can uh, take some – we got off when we first started. Got a couple of interceptions. But uh, uh, for right now, to his credit, he's been doing a great job. He's a uh, good student of the game. I can say that. What, speak more about him. You were able to get him. You know, he's a guy uh, that played at Louisville uh, and got some significant time uh, there, as a matter of fact. Speak to how you were able to get him into your program. Well, relationships. you got to have relationships. Uh, Jawan Pass has been doing a good job for us, and, we, you know, we, we built that relationship. My quarterback coach uh, knew who he was, and landing him had a great relationship with his uh, 
with his dad and some folks that was around him. Uh, but, you know, that's what we like to do when we go out and recruit a guy, not just the talent. We want to make sure we build a relationship so they know who we are and we know who they are. But I think our quarterback coach did a great job with uh, bringing them in for us and uh, just continue to build our relationship and then continue to coach him up. Eric Dooley, the head football coach at Prairie View A&M, joins us here on the program. Again, the Panthers are ranked number two in the HBCU football coaches and media polls and uh, tomorrow going to be on the road uh, against Southern and of course you heard uh, Coach Dooley mention that uh, he is traveling to Baton Rouge right now this defense uh, can you speak to this defense uh, right now I mean you look at it right I look at I remember Jason Dumas from uh, from the uh, spring he's got four sacks you have been able to pressure the quarterback and put some some pressure on opposing quarterbacks so far this year with the 16 sacks. But your thoughts on how the defense is playing as a whole? Well, they've been playing extremely well. You know, we got a lot of uh, returning veterans, uh, and that always helps out. We did lose a couple of guys, uh, but we were able to fill those gaps, uh, bringing some transfers that we were able to land. But, you know, when you talk about a Jason Dumas that's been playing for us now for three to four years, uh, a, Jake, a Drake Treatum, uh, he's been playing well. When you bring a lot of guys that's been playing together for three to four years, uh, it helps out a great deal. And, and those guys been playing some exciting football. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a challenge, challenging game for us. Southern runs to football extremely well. But uh, I do like what we've been doing on the defense side of the ball. I, I commend our defensive staff for having a, a great game plan in every game that we've been playing thus far. Uh, but, you know, when you bring a lot of experience back, uh, you should have some success. But uh, it's not over with yet a, a, a long season. These guys, we're going to have to step up. It's going to be a challenging and a hostile uh, environment this Saturday here. But I, I do like our chances as long as we, those guys do what uh, needs to be done. Yeah, and you're right. It's a lot of season left to be played. It starts uh, the rest of the season, if you will, starts on Saturday uh, at Southern. L- let me ask you this. It, the where your team is right now, do you feel like in your four years, maybe this is perhaps the best stretch of football that the Panthers have played in the in the four years that you've been the head football coach there at Prairie View A&M? Well, I won't say that because we had some exciting teams uh, before, but I, I can't say this here. We took this thing when we came here. It was a lot of things we had to accomplish, uh, but I, I do commend the coaching staff for going out, getting the guys that was needed, and and filling in uh, uh, some of the uh, places that that was needed to be, uh, to, to, you know, to make us a better football team. But you know, when you you have some guys, and now this is uh, the fourth year, uh, the guys that I was recruiting class, this is their fourth year. So you're talking about experience. When you have experience, it, it helps, no question about it. You know, we've been playing together for three to four years. And when you get a, a, a team that's been playing together for a while, experience plays a, a, a huge uh, part in, in, in success. And uh, it's, it's still a long season. Uh, still got some great uh, teams we got to play. Uh, so we just got to continue to play for 60 minutes. A couple of more thoughts. We appreciate the time. You mentioned Southern's running game. They've got a, you know, they've got a, a young kid and uh, uh, Dylan who's coming off a record-setting performance for them in terms of the running game. Uh, you know, Ben is still there. Uh, what are some of the other challenges that the Jaguars present? Well, you, uh, we, we talk about uh, Ben, but you, you had uh, the guy Dylan to have a good uh, game this past year. 
they got an experienced line as well. Their line been playing uh, well uh, uh, these past couple of games. And you, you know, uh, when you talk about the team, you talk about the, the, the challenge that they're going to bring uh, offensively, defensively, as well as special team wise. So, uh, it's going to be it's going to be a good game. You know, when when I talk about the conference itself, uh, the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Uh, all 12 teams, you got to be ready to play. There's no off game. You just got to be ready to play and play for 60 minutes. And that's, that's what we pride ourselves on, playing for 60 minutes, fast and physical. Last thought, uh, Coach Dooley, and we appreciate the time. Eric Dooley's the head football coach at Prairie View A&M. How excited do you get to come back home? You're, you're a, a Louisiana native, uh, right? You've been at Southern. You've been at the SWAC all your life. You played at Grambling. Uh, right? How excited do you get when you're able to come back home, if you will? Well, you know, I, I'll say this here. I get excited for every game because I think it's uh, – but, you know, to come back home to an hour away from born and raised in New Orleans and, and spent uh, 13, 14 years at, at Southern University, 13 years under Coach Richardson, uh, you know, it's always a, 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 a honor to come back down here and play football and got some guys from Louisiana on the team as well. It's, it's, it's always uh, exciting to come back home and, and play. I won't say home, but to come back and play in Louisiana is very, very exciting. And, and I know that these guys got some guys on the team that uh, from Baton Rouge as well. So it's going to be a, a, a hard-fought contest, and we are we are for the challenge. Purview A&M is going to be on the road against Southern on tomorrow. And Eric Dooley's in his fourth season as the head football coach of the Panthers, ranked number two in the HBCU coaches and media polls. He joins us here on Poxero on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Coach Dooley, appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Panthers. Thanks for having me, guys. I look forward to the uh, contest tomorrow. It's going to be a hard-fought contest, a challenging contest for us, but we'll be up for the challenge. The Jaguar-Panther game should be a really, really good football game. Should be packed there in Baton Rouge as – Really, first place is on the line. Again, a win for Prairie View A&M remains unblemished in SWAC play. A win for Southern, and Southern still keeping pace at that moment would have one up on Prairie View A&M and would still have the matchup against Alcorn State, who has not lost a game in the SWAC. And Alcorn State's got a game against Texas Southern. If I'm... You know, if I'm the Braves, I'm not sleeping on that game, and I know the Braves aren't. Uh, Texas Southern did beat Southern going back a couple of weeks ago, but then Texas Southern uh, got tripped up a little bit on uh, last week. But, again, a lot on the line, particularly, I think, if you're Prairie View A&M. If you're PV, you got a lot on the line in this football game. Got some really good wins on the season. Want to continue that uh, for the ultimate and on the way to the ultimate collision course with Alcorn State. Up next here on the program, we're going to take a look at some of the key matchups in week eight of HBCU football. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timberlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving two million dollars away to the bottom of 400 of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll! 
So come place an order at www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. That's www.marjoriesbeefjerky.com. Marjorie's Beef Jerky is the best tasting beef jerky on this planet. Marjorie's Beef Jerky. Yeah, that's right, because that's the way we roll. Hi, everyone. This is the Chakra Doctor, and I wanted to give you all a big thank you for making Miracle Food the number one detox program on the market. I also would like to give a warm welcome to all of my newcomers and first-time triers of Miracle Food. Miracle Food is the Bruce Lee Jeet Kune Do of the holistic world. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't other healers out there with products and services. I'm just clarifying that Miracle Food is the best. Come see what the hype is about at ChakraDoctor.org or call me at 818 818- on ESPNU Radio, right here on Sirius XM. What up, what up? Yo, 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 yo. Okay, KK. Let's take a look at this matchup between Savannah State and Albany State. The game is going to be in Albany, Georgia. And these two teams pick to win the, uh, the top two teams Uh, I would say coming in, if you look at overall, uh, to win the SIAC, obviously only one can win the respective division, which is the Eastern Division, and Savannah State was picked to win the East. Both teams are really good defensively, especially Albany State. Albany State's number one in the front, in the SIAC, in terms of, of total defense, all right? And, by the way, number one against the run. So when you look at these teams, let's just kind of look at uh, the – we'll look at some of the numbers and then we'll get into the meat uh, of everything. You look at what Albany State does, holds opponents to just six points per game, okay? And they've played some pretty good uh, opponents so far this year. Total defense, number one, holding opponents to 223 yards uh, of offense per game. Um, And and so they're getting it done that way. Now, from a rushing defensive performance, Albany State's number two in the conference at giving up a little more than 102 yards rushing per game. But, see, that is where Savannah State excels offensively. Savannah State mainly – Runs the football. I mean, if you look at Devon Gibbs, the quarterback, and he's been with the program for quite some time now. They'll use uh, the Tigers will use a couple of quarterbacks, Savannah State, that is. Uh, but Gibbs is the guy, the main guy that's going to be in there. He's going to run. And I mean, when Savannah State passes the football, he'll be you know he 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 throws an occasional pass. I mean, Savannah State's not like Kentucky State. I remember looking at a box score from Kentucky State, who by the way is number one in the SIAC in rushing and seeing no passing stats whatsoever. Kentucky State ran the football every single time, okay? And Albany State's pass defense is number one in the conference, giving up a little more than 120 yards per game. But, it's, but listen, that 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 is not going to matter at all in this football game because Savannah State only throws for like 106 yards per game. So when you look at the numbers – this looks like it would be a low-scoring game, uh, a game of attrition. If anything, right, like I would give the advantage 
uh, a little bit of the advantage. And, and, I, and I'll tell you who I will pick to win. And just because I say who I would give the advantage to doesn't mean it's going to be the team that I'm going to pick to win the game. But where I would give the advantage would be to Albany State because Albany State is a solid team in terms of passing the football. Not great, but solid, right? And, I mean, if you can pass the football uh, a little bit, in uh, which ultimately Albany State can do, I mean, I think that's going to give them, a, I, I would say that would give them a little bit of an advantage. Deontay Banu, uh, you know, not completing the percentage that you would like, uh, but he's got 11 touchdowns uh, to only five interceptions on the season. And Savannah State is a little bit, I mean, Savannah State can be had. Not by much. It's not like they're giving up a bunch of yards. It's not like the Tigers are giving up a bunch of yards passing per game. But, I mean, there are some opportunities there. Savannah State is giving up about what Albany State is gaining uh, on the season. And Savannah State's given up uh, only, in, but but it's a bend-don't-break type of situation because, you know, at the end of the day, Savannah State's only given up seven rushing touchdowns on the season, or, or passing touchdowns, that is. This is such a hard game to call. Um, I feel like Savannah State would have a bit of the advantage you have to throw 2019 out of the window, though, even though Savannah State beat Albany State head-to-head. And if if uh, Savannah State had been eligible for the conference championship, then Savannah State would have uh, would have represented the Eastern Division in the SIAC championship. But Albany State's at home. I think it's going to be a big crowd uh, at Albany State. Uh, a lot of support there, unlike Savannah State. It's probably not the worst thing in the world that the game is not being played at Savannah State because Savannah State just hasn't supported its football team. Maybe it will now because it's not Division One. I don't know. But, I mean, I've seen with my own eyes, right? But I'm going to give a little bit of the advantage in this football game to Albany State. I think when you are more balanced, and Albany State is certainly more balanced than is Savannah State, I mean, to me, that gives – Uh, Albany State a little bit more of an advantage. Listen, uh, you look at rushing defenses. I mean, Albany State's two, Savannah State's three. So, and and they're only separated by about two and a half yards per game. So, both teams are looking to stop the run. I think Savannah State's running game is better, but not by a whole lot more than it's than Albany State's running game. But Albany State's passing game is significantly better than Savannah State's passing game and for that that is why I will give the advantage in this football game ultimately to uh, Albany State uh, listen and I would pick Albany State to win that Prairie View A&M Southern game is going to be um, a dog as well you know Albany uh, uh, excuse me Prairie View A&M has done a, a solid job of stopping the run Southern wants to run the football and not pass it so much. So, you know, in in that foot, you know, like that's a good matchup. You know, Southern's lost to Texas Southern and and, and Texas Southern scores points. But that's a bad loss if you're if you're Tex if you are Texas Southern, I mean if you're Southern, 
that's a bad loss. Now, that was a couple of weeks ago. Southern obviously bounced back last week against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Uh, but I like I, I would like PV in that game, uh, and uh, PV is on a bit of a roll uh, right now as well. The other game I'm intrigued by is Bowie State-Virginia Union. Bowie State had to go toe-to-toe last week with Virginia State, won that football game 51-44. to Virginia Union's coming into this one really, really hot. Started the season off very slow and now is hot, right? That game is in Richmond, Virginia. So I'm going to be watching that football game as well. I'll be calling the A&T and Hampton game. That game is going to be in Hampton, Virginia. It's going to be the first time that Hampton and A&T get together as members of the Big South. Looking forward to this game. If you're an A&T fan, your, your defense has to be reprogrammed. In other words, the, the commitment was made to stopping the run of Kennesaw State, and I think A&T did a good job of that overall and now you have to go back to more of a balanced attack and being able to check a guy like a Jada Kiss Bond, one of the best receivers in all of FCS. Meanwhile, on the Hampton side, Hampton's going to want to be balanced, but I don't know that Hampton can run the football against A&T. As a matter of fact, nope, Duke uh, couldn't even run the football uh, 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 well against A&T. No one really can run the football against A&T. So I'm looking forward to that football game uh, on tomorrow in Hampton, Virginia. Got to get out of here on Box to Row. Thank you to Quentin Morgan, the head football coach at Langston, for joining us on the program. Eric Dooley, the head football coach at Prairie View A&M, for joining us on the program as well. For more information on Box to Row, log on to our website, BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support Yo, Box to Row on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM is produced by DW Time for this show to drop the lid. That'll do it for this week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Join us again next week for an in-depth look at historically black college athletics and the biggest news stories of the day.